This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Two-part memo to Kasperi Kapitan. That over there is the net. Skate toward it. Second part. Ignore anything other than the first part. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevich of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. The Penguins are facing the Hurricanes tonight at PPG Paints Arena. It's a 7-0-8 faceoff. And by all accounts, following the team's practice at the Hunt Armory in Shadyside yesterday, Kapanen will be back in the lineup for the first time in a couple of weeks. And Danton Heinen, who's struggled to do much of anything, even generate shots, let alone score goals, is the clear odd man out based on the line rushes that they showed. I've got no issue with either one. In fact, in fact, I did mention on yesterday's episode that I felt Heinen coming out was going to happen sooner rather than later. He falls into these slumps. He is a streaky, slumpy guy. And when he is streaky, you're thanking your lucky stars that he signed the one-year, $1 million deal. And when he's slumpy, you pretty much just forget he exists. You don't even really get mad at him. You know what I mean? He just kind of vanishes. My own feeling is that Heinen's slump is, this is going to sound unfair, but whatever. I think it has more to do with being on a line with Jeff Carter, who's just a complete goal suck who can't get out of his own end. I think that really hurts Heinen. Heinen is not the guy that's going to create his own offense off the rush magically. Uh, He needs to have a supporting centerman. He needs to be set up. And that hasn't come close to being the case. But to Kapanen, he's been out for a while. He's not pouted about it. I watched him very closely on the recent trip through St. Paul and Winnipeg. Whether it was on the ice or off the ice, there were some times he showed some frustration. But he was a pro. And Mike Sullivan brought this up yesterday at practice as well. If Gappy were to go in the lineup, we'd like him to be the player that uh, you know that that he's capable of being. He can use his speed. He can challenge people with wide speed. He can get inside the dots and get to the net. He can be strong in the battle areas. He can bring a two-way conscientious game. Good for him. And I'm going to start with that. Okay, and I know that this is the sort of thing that's expected and and taken for granted, I guess. And well, of course, he's going to be a good soldier, whatever. He's getting paid $3.2 million this year to do nothing. And, and I get that. But there's also human nature. And this is the thing that you love to do, meaning playing hockey in addition to being paid to do it. So I'll offer a stick tap or two here as well. 
for Kapanen conducting himself as he has. I'll also throw this into the equation, and that's that the Penguins could really kind of use someone who is young and fast and all those other things that the Penguins overall are seen as not being. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across Western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Now, the easy, lazy answer to what Kapanen has to do to stick now that he's going to be back in the lineup, is to score goals. And if you had all of Kapanen's natural, inherent, blessed talent, that would be the bar that you should set for yourself as well. Why? Because he's the fastest player on the team, because he has size, because he has want to, and because he has, although we don't see it nearly often enough, an absolutely devastating release. I know, I don't see it either, other than in practice. And I can tell you that in practice, it's right up there. And I'm not talking about right up there with uh, within the world of the Penguins. I mean, it's right up there in the hockey world. He has an unbelievable release. So the goal should be goals for him. But in order to get to that point, Because this is a player who is so easily lost on the rink, and strangely enough, he's more commonly lost in the offensive zone than he is in the defensive, he needs to simplify things to an extreme extent. He needs to play almost with a blinder on. He needs to not worry about that silly pull-up, which, by the way, in, in fairness to him, he hadn't really been doing all that much before getting scratched. He needs to eliminate any other thing that he would do in the offensive zone that doesn't involve getting either the puck or himself to the opponent's net. Let the line mates do the rest. Let the line mates adjust. Because if you watch Kapanen, and I'm talking about like in an overall rink view, If you watch Kapanen in the offensive zone, what will happen is a couple of his line mates will start working on some kind of grinding process or, you know, let's let's gain some possession, establish some space uh, in the corner. And Kapanen will. I was about to say float because that makes him sound lazy. Let me find a better verb. Nah, floats. okay. so (laughs) Kapanen will kind of float toward this region of the zone where he's not of any use to anyone. He's not in front of the net in case they decide to get it there, meaning his line mates, the puck. He's not in a position for a good retrieval where he could get the puck and get it to somebody else. He just kind of moves into this dead space. How you cure that, I don't know. How you can attempt to cure it is to tell him in every single circumstance, either you or the puck goes to the net. Things will happen if he ever does that. I'm not sure that he will. When we come back, J1Q. 
comes from Rick, and it's in response to my criticisms of Jeff Carter on yesterday's episode, uh, lamenting specifically that Carter needs to be moved away from the center position while also acknowledging that Carter has been absolutely dominant on draws, especially in right circles. Rick asks, so the move would be to move Carter to wing? Who becomes the center then? The Teddy Bluger line is humming, so I don't want to disrupt that. Rick, this is a really good point, and it, it to me, begs the further discussion as to which one is really your third line and which one is your fourth. If numbers mattered when it comes to third and fourth lines anywhere near as much as most of us who talk about them, myself included, seem to portray then you would just say whatever. I mean, Bluger's line gets the third most ice time. They get the most responsibility defensively. They're more important than the third line, but whatever. We're just going to call them the fourth line because Jeff Carter, who's had a long and successful NHL career, would then look like he's been banished to the fourth line. That actually is what this kind of thing is about, for real. So if you got to the point where you were comfortable uh, even discussing that sort of thing, meaning among the coaching staff and management, you could say, okay, Teddy Bluger's line is a third line. Now, let's look at the fourth line as something completely different. Instead of pretending, and this is the operative term here, instead of pretending that you can create or concoct some sort of scoring third line, You just resign yourself to not having one. You go for one that's more territorial, one that's more of a pace setter, one that can still house enough penalty killers that you can get through the game, but one that just gives the Penguins a different vibe as they rotate through their lines instead of the current circumstance, which is the Penguins' third line comes on the rink, and if you're the other team, you can kind of breathe easy a little bit here because they're not going to do anything to you. And I don't mean hitting or whatever. I just mean anything. There's nothing that the third line brings that we've seen to date. Not Carter, not Heinen after the early start, not Kapanen. And, you know, I'm I'm weird on Brock McGinn. I I just don't even know what to think about him. I know he scored a handful of goals lately and everything, but I want to see him have a decent second half for once in his life before I even get into saying anything uh, excessively positive about him. Third line just doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. And from my perspective, I wouldn't mind seeing a third line, or if you want to actually call it what it is, a fourth line that's just a bunch of guys, just or kids even, just flying around making stuff happen. Pace setting, to use that term again. What if you had a fourth line that was Sam Poulin, Drew O'Connor, and I'm not going to be naive here and pretend they could do this with the cap space that they currently have, but, you know, one other player and just say, hey, go out there and raise hell, kids, you know? And again, that doesn't mean taking penalties or whatever. It just means go play really high-paced, fast Furious hockey. You know, make sure that the rest of us are staying on our toes. We know what we're going to get from you guys when you go out there. Why not something like that? Why not? Answer, Ron Hextall signed 
guys like Carter and Kapanen to what now appears to be just borderline insane contracts. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Let's do another one tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.